Welcome to Better Business Outcomes, where we discuss how good communication can transform and grow organizations with a series of global leaders who've set the standard for what great looks like. My name is Stephen Waddington from Wads Inc. And in this podcast, you'll hear from leaders and senior communicators about their leadership journey and how they create social impact. You'll also understand the areas you should be focusing on to build personal and organizational resilience. You'll find out how public relations can unlock value for your business and enjoy a great listen along the way. Now, today I'm joined by Caroline Marrows. She's head of news at Citizen Under Advice. Welcome to the show, Caroline. Hi. I wanted to ask you to start. Citizen Under Advice has an active role in the public conversation very much now around the cost of living crisis. And you've got 20,000 volunteers advising people with issues related to legal debt, consumer housing, and other issues we're going to come on to. Can you just give us a bit of background to the organization, though? Yeah, sure. Well, it's interesting. We're in a crisis right now, but Citizens Advice was actually built for a crisis, literally. It started the day after World War II was announced. So it's advising people on rationing all the paperwork of a wartime living. So it's, it's really interesting how the topics change. But the fact that people need help to get through life doesn't because life is complicated and there's so much paperwork. And particularly if you're struggling, you know, you're thinking about benefits, you've just been um, evicted or made redundant or whatever it might be that people kind of challenges that they face today. You need help with that and help with someone to navigate it. Okay, so you've you've worked with Sisters on Vice for the last five years. Um, You say it's built for a crisis. We're in the middle of a crisis now. But can you talk maybe over that time frame how you've seen demand for your services from the public and from the media yeah well i started and i remember being told that um this is not normal it was brexit at the time this is not normal and this is not how we you know we normally work and the environment we're, we're normally working in and then straight away is oh it's not normal it's a pandemic it's not normal it's a cost of living crisis so it's never really been normal i don't know what normal looks like it's been an incredibly strange time in in politics and society in the last few years. The biggest shift, though, that I saw in that time was the cost of living crisis. So for us, um, we started to see that emerging um, in kind of summer of 2021, you know, when all the energy companies went bust. There was about 30 in in six months at one point. And um, because we're the statutory consumer advocate for energy customers, we had decades and years worth of um, insight into that. Like we understood the technicalities of the market, which meant that we were getting a lot of media coming to us and asking us to explain all the challenges that we'd flagged years ago and we're now kind of you know, coming into, into brutal reality. And then that rolled very quickly into the cost of living crisis, where we really saw huge peaks um, in, in demand for our services, for advice services. So, you know, we're helping two people a minute now with crisis support. So that's things like, I need a voucher for a food bank. I need cash right now. It's incredible. And and some of the um, statistics that we're looking at now, it's like we're seeing more people in a year than we have in the last five years combined, that kind of thing. So it's huge. And and from the media side, like summer 2021, we saw that as, wow, this is huge. We're having so much demand. We're we're right at capacity in terms of the press office. But it just didn't slow down. It was it was incredible. So we um we won an award in the news team last year for the work that we did in the cost of living crisis. It's still going on. Um, like our broadcast interviews went up five hundred percent year on year. Things like that. 
So your role is head of news, implying that you're operating in a you know, at the heart of a, what sounds like a, a newsroom environment. Um, and clearly, you've just described there that there's huge demand for insight for and, and access to your data um, on issues related to at the moment the cost of living, but you know societal issues at the moment. How do you prioritise working with the media? Because presumably you can't do everything. It's the same way that we have to prioritise everything else we do as an organisation. So, you know, as citizens advice, we advise citizens. Citizens need a lot of advice on a lot of different issues. And no one else sees as many people with so many different problems as we do. So that means that we have this kind of big responsibility about what we pick out to highlight. There's a temptation to do everything and to kind of respond to everything, everything anyone ever does or says. Um, and the challenge for us is, is about how we actually have impact how do we actually make things better for people rather than we've just got some coverage, we've just made some noise and we've moved on to something else. So that is very much about thinking about, is there anyone else in this space that's talking about this? Is there anyone else who's got the same kind of insight and expertise in this area um, that could kind of take the lead on this? Is this something where actually we've got a unique voice and we can really add value? And that's why stakeholders listen to us. That's why you know, policymakers, decision makers, regulators, government, everyone else listen to us because of that, that insight, that unique insight. So we kind of have to be very selective about what we work on right now. Cost of living crisis, it's the biggest issue facing people. So therefore, it's the biggest issue that we work on. Um, maybe second to that at the moment might be energy market challenges, you know, particularly prepayment meters. So that was something that we've been talking about for a while um, and it's only in the last few weeks that's kind of really come to the fore in terms of media and political attention. Um, so it's about where we can have impact. Yeah. So I was looking at your transparency report ahead of talking to you and the results, you, the outcomes you, you derive are incredible. And, you know, there will be the envy of any organisation. So I did some headlines, you solve 75% of customer problems, nine in 10 people who come to you with advice would recommend you, you generate £14 benefit for every pound spent. How do you achieve that level of, of success? And let's remember, the majority of your workforce is a voluntary workforce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's an incredible workforce. They're incredibly committed, talented, passionate people who really want to make a change, want to make the difference to people's lives, and they do every day. Um, and they get a lot of training, they get a lot of support to do that. But but really, we hear from them now um, more than we ever have before that they're running out of tools. You know, that, that people come to them and they do all the obvious things. They go through their budget. They make sure they're not overpaying, making sure they've got all the benefits they're entitled to. All of that kind of work. And then at the end of the day, they're still at the point of thinking, I can't actually help you any further. And you need more than that. And that's where the kind of the second part of citizens' advice really kicks in, the advocacy part. It's about how do we solve these problems at source? How do we use the evidence and insight of all these people that have come to us? And then kind of take that and amplify it and take it to the people who can actually make a change. It appears to me you, you've, you've taken almost, a, I would describe it, an activist role. I'd be interested for your perspective on that, in, in speaking truth to power for those without power. Has, has that been deliberate? It sounds like it has. Yeah, I mean, I love that characterization of speaking truth to power for those without power. Um, I think that, that really resonates. We're not an right. activist organisation in that we want to just make noise and kind of antagonise people. You know, um, It again goes back to that impact point. If we use this data and insight that we have based on all of the interactions that people have with us and our advisors, if we can use that and actually give that evidence to the people who can make a difference, then that's a good use of our time. That's effective. 
that's that's us kind of fulfilling our mission of actually being there to help people. It's not about just being noisy or you know having a reputation for being a troublemaker or anything like that. It's very kind of considered and nuanced and constructive. And and that's why we have those partnerships with government regulators, the conversations that we have with energy suppliers or or anyone else that we we might be working with to make sure that we can all work together to actually make a difference to people's lives. Not that we're just famous for getting something in the news. Like it's sometimes we have fantastic successes where no one's ever heard about it. It's behind the Mm. scenes and, and that's just as impactful. Can I, we talk about that stakeholder environment? Because on the one hand, you provide support to people on a whole range of issues, from debt to benefits. We talked about and consumer and rights and employment rights, but then you're also an authority and source of data to government. How do you manage that and that complexity? Yeah, it's complex, <laughs> and it kind of touches a lot of different parts of the organisation. You know, from kind of funding, because we're also um, some of our funding is from government, and also some of our targets for our advocacy work for government. Like, so there are some complexities that we have to navigate there. But it's just about just keeping an eye on the reason we're there about helping people, and the fact that we have that credibility that anyone's talking to us at all is because we have that unique insight. So as long as we're focusing in on that, and we're making sure that the conversations we're having are getting to a point in which people are helped, life is better for them, then that's the kind of the guiding light. That's how we kind of stay true to the mission. You used the word partner in reference to the government a moment ago. You're a charity, so you can't lobby government. Government's a source of your funding, but you've also got a role in raising societal and political issues. How do you navigate that? Well, again, it's just about making sure that there isn't any restrictions on us feeling like we're fulfilling the mission of being there for people. So, for example, we did a lot of work on on universal credit and benefits, and we then took on a a contract from the government, which was to deliver the help to claim service, which is about advising people on how they get their first universal credit claim, so how they get their application sorted out. And and with Mm. that one, we just make sure that there's nothing in that contract that means we can't raise problems publicly. That obviously it's more effective for us sometimes to raise them privately and get them sorted out because the point is getting it sorted out. But there's nothing that would ever stop us doing it publicly either. Uh, And that's the key really to to make sure that we don't feel like there's any compromises there that, that are baked into any arrangements we might have. That it's always better to work as a partner with another organisation that's got power and influence and actually can make a change. You don't want to be an enemy. There's no point. Um, but it's still, you can be a constructive partner. You can be a critical friend. Yeah. Can you talk about the, the campaign around payment meters and how you've, how you've managed that? How do you influence government policy or regulatory policy at the same time as being a partner to organisations? Some of these things, it's, it's very complex because not everyone necessarily has the power to change things on their own. So with prepayment meters, the um, energy suppliers have have certain challenges that they've got to think about their business models. They've got to think about being sustainable and not not falling over and and being there for their customers. Then you've got Ofgem, the regulator, who wants to make sure the the market is operating effectively. And then you've also got the government, who's got another role to play. So sometimes when we're flagging this information, it's not for one person to step forward and say, I'm going to fix this on my own. It is about having those conversations, you know, roundtables, discussions, really honest conversations about how we can move this forward and being honest about some of the challenges 
on some of these fixes as well. And that's where the evidence is what we're bringing to the table. So sometimes we'll be talking about potential solutions, things that people could explore. But really what we're there to do is to present the evidence of how this situation is actually impacting people. Right. I mean, it strikes me that balancing that, the complexity in the stakeholders it requires such a degree of pragmatism. I want to talk to you about your CEO. So Dame Clem Moriarty um, strikes me as taking the front line in, in the debate very publicly, actually, in the media, calling for a range of action and the issues related to the work of citizen advice. What's it like is for you in a comms role, working with someone that's so willing to work so publicly? To be honest, it's fantastic. Um, because with, with Claire, she's very willing to, to speak up publicly and forcefully. She's also very willing to listen as well. And um, we have everyone from press officers up kind of having conversations with Claire, testing the messaging. She'll challenge on things, we'll challenge back. She'll always respectfully listen to whatever it is that we're coming up with. Sometimes she'll push back and and we'll go with her view. She's always got value to add, which I think is really, really incredibly inspiring to work with. But also producers love her because she has this fantastic balance between the credibility, she knows all the data, but she's also got this fantastic empathy. So she'll always know a story something that's happened through a visit to a local citizen's advice or some other conversations she's had about how this has actually landed with an individual, which really brings it to life. So it's that head and heart approach, which is so intrinsic to all the other the media work we do. And it also means that when she's having a conversation like with Justin um, on the Stay programme, and then she's having a conversation with a minister later on, all of that messaging is working for all of those different audiences because the head and the heart approach works with all of those different audiences. And at the end of the day, it's all rooted in your frontline work and the data that you provide. So it's completely transparent. And because of that, I guess it's so forceful and impactful. Yeah, I think that's what it is. There's a truth to it and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Authenticity. Caroline, before we end, really appreciate your time for this conversation. We ask everybody uh, on the podcast, no title of the podcast is Better Business Outcomes. What do you think is the one thing that delivers better business outcomes? Oh, that's a tough question, isn't it? I think it comes down to the word outcomes. Like, what are you actually going to achieve and how are you going to get there? So for me, it's empowerment. If you have a situation where everyone knows what the North Star is, no, that, that cringy term. Um, and everyone knows where they're trying to get to, but then they can work out how they get to it. I think giving them that, that, that option to be creative and innovative, it's going to get you to places that you never thought possible. So that's one of the great things about working with Claire, that she, she, you know, she totally lives and breathes that. She'll, she'll trust you to come up with a great recommendation. And I think with PR as well, it's always a bit of an art and a science. So you need a bit of faith. So if you can have senior leaders who can give you that faith and put faith in the work that you're doing and then you can deliver on the promise by delivering great coverage and great impact, then I think that's what where the payoff comes. And I suppose that purpose, you know, you you tell the wonderful story of the start of the, the system advice and how it came to be founded after the war, that absolute purpose for helping people, citizens in society is very firmly a, a North Star, right? Absolutely. And there's some charities like food banks that are set up and they don't want to exist. You know, they don't want to be in a world where a food bank is needed and their aim is to not be needed anymore. With Citizens Advice, it's not really that kind of situation because people are always going to need help. Life's hard. 
Life's tough. <laughs> On that positive ah. note. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end. But, you know, thank you very much for spending the time. And, you know, I really appreciate the work that you do and the work that Citizens of Ice does. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's the perfect wrap to today's Better Business Outcomes podcast. My thanks to Caroline Marrows for joining me. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you usually find your podcasts. And if you enjoy what you hear, please also leave us a review. We'll see you next time.